0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, brought to you by Ceres. I'm Paul Ellis, your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. My guest today on the Sustainable Finance Podcast is a venture consultant at Blue Ivy Ventures with a degree in advanced management from the Yale School of Management. Preeti Adhikari is also the founder of the Great Nepali Diaspora, a rapidly growing community of Nepali natives living and working in the United States. The great Nepali diaspora is Preeti's personal mission to make sure that all of these Nepali natives share ideas, pool resources, and lift each other up. But before we start, I want to say a few words about our sponsor. I'm thrilled to talk about the work, the important work that Ceres is doing. Series is a nonprofit organization working with the most influential capital market leaders to solve the world's greatest sustainability challenges through their powerful networks and global collaborations of investors, companies, and nonprofits. Series drives action and inspires equitable, market-based, and policy solutions throughout the economy. To learn more, go to series.org/podcast. That's C E RES.org slash podcast at series sustainability is the bottom line hello priti and welcome to the sustainable finance podcast
1: thank you paul really excited to be here
0: yes i'm, I'm very excited about our conversation today and we're going to start with just a little bit of background if you will give us uh, about blue ivy ventures
1: Sure. Um, So Blue Ivy is part of Alumni Ventures, which is one of the most active VC firms. I think um, as per PitchBook, it's one of, uh, it's number three on the list. So they've done, um, they have over a thousand portfolio companies and they usually uh, invest with top tier investors and so on. Uh, Within Alumni Ventures, there are a lot of uh, these funds associated with universities. So Blue Ivy is associated with Yale, and that's how I sort of learned about them um, and got to got to be involved.
0: Well, that sounds like a full-time job itself, Preeti. So uh, why did you also decide to start the great Nepali diaspora?
1: Um, sure. Um, so of diaspora, I think, you know, when I came to the U.S. as a student and later as a working professional, Uh, I really felt this void, right? Um, This void that um, people from the diaspora, and you can, you know, replace Nepali with any other community or uh, country in the world, right? Uh, You know, we have our own struggles. We come, we, you know, uh, study, we work, uh, we make it somehow. Like immigrant communities in general, we're really great at connecting with, you know, people from our roots uh, on a social basis, but not so much on a professional basis right? There was there um, is definitely a missed opportunity in terms of collaboration and connection and a lot of things that could happen uh, for good, right? or for you know when disasters happen in our home countries. So I felt like you know there needed to be a common platform for people to be on. Um, and that's how I got
0: started, okay. Now, how are you bringing your fifteen years of experience in startups, venture capital? Um, to the great Nepali diaspora mission?
1: Sure. Um, I think um, one of the things um, I realized, so I've um, lived in, you know, apart from Nepal and the U.S., I've also lived in Singapore and Vancouver, Canada. I've worked in multiple industries from banking to nonprofits to energy and, you know, tech startups and now more and more into VC. What I realized more than anything else is that uh, good ideas are everywhere, right? People are driven and smart and committed everywhere, but opportunities aren't the same. Uh, the opp- opportunities I can have, you know, in New York City, of having somebody to support uh, support my ideas or even at least hear my ideas, are so different for people in developing countries. Um. So for me, I think the realization was that you know I'm one of the lucky ones, right? And the best thing I could do with my global experience and my network would be to connect people to these opportunities. Um, so that's why that's where, you know, a lot of ideas within the diaspora is coming from in terms of um, that need that I want to fill. Uh, but also, you know, um, I, I, I'm i building it in public. So I'm sort of taking uh, feedback and response from, you know, the community in terms of where they see the need, and it's evolving in front of everybody. And I love that idea.
0: That's terrific. Now, you know, I saw a post that you made over the weekend about um, being a founder and how complex you are beginning to understand a job that is across any kind of founding of any kind of organization. Tell us just a little bit about that before we move on to your audacious goal.
1: Sure, sure. Um, so I worked in a lot of different uh, startups, really early stage. And I always used to feel like, you know, as an operator, as an early joiner and an executive, I felt the highs and the lows, right? The highs when you get, uh, you know, a, I mean, an amazing client or when you raise a lot of money and, you know, all these highs. But then I also thought that I, that I understood the pain, right? When there is no money. To even pay bills right or when there's a lot of stress around you know clients trying to churn or things like that i felt like i was close enough to you know feel all of that Uh, but when i recently you know obviously started the diaspora um, while it's a community it is a startup it is a lot of work just especially at the early stage just trying to uh you know outreach and you know find these ideas and execute them and so on right it's an it's it's not a nine to five job for sure um so for me the realization was that you know sometimes we are so quick to judge others right founders especially that you know uh we're not they're not doing this well they're like you know in especially in the u.s i feel like we have this culture of uh, you know two extremes. Either we idolize them and put them on this high mantle that they, they're geniuses and uh, stuff like that. But when they fall, we are so cruel. Right? <laughs> You're but, right. We are. Right. We are, right? And it's um and I've done it. All of all of us are, right? We're so quick to judge. But now more and more I'm realizing that it's not easy, right? It's um even if they're there is no sort of um, blueprint to do it well, right? You have to figure a lot of things out and so on. Um, so you know, so for me, like there is a lot of um, empathy I have for founders, and that's also one of the reasons I, I really want to help them because it is not an easy journey for sure.
0: Well, that's really good realization, and uh, it's good that you're having it fairly early in the in in the founder's role, right? But right. you also have some big audacious goals for the diaspora. Tell us what those are, and um, well, let's take it from there.
1: Sure. Um- so overall, I think if I were to um, make it even bigger than the diaspora, I think it is to reframe their narrative, right? Nef- reframe the narrative around immigrants um, in terms of, you know, the stories we always hear, right? That somebody came to the U.S. with $20 in their pocket, struggled and, you know, made it and so on, which is amazing, Which is, which are, you know, stories of resilience and hardship and struggle and so on. But what we forget is where they reach in the future, right uh, they they uh, get good degrees. they you know, either open their own businesses or they you know work in amazing companies, take them to uh, amazing heights and their success stories, right? So for me, one uh, purpose, so to speak, uh, in general is to change that narrative, right? We need to share more stories about immigrants in uh, how they're contributing not just to their home countries but even the homes that they adopt right so that's like a big big thing and it's you know that's bigger than um, just the nepali diaspora or even the south asian diaspora i think it applies to you know a bigger chunk of the population um within the diaspora i think my uh my goals are to make it very community driven, uh, to have an army of, you know, I call them empowered champions that will sort of lead initiatives and raise their hand, uh, people that will um, share their expertise, uh, uplift each other, like, uh, you know, collaborate. Um, so for me, I what I'm hoping is... Uh, the diaspora becomes this catalyst in a way that it's just the foundation. And I'm excited to see what kind of um, things will spin off from this. I think that's the most exciting thing for me.
0: Okay. Now there must be a time frame in which you plan to achieve this goal. Do you have uh, a focus on that yet?
1: Um, a little bit. Um, so, you know, actually, the diaspora, the it just started about two months ago, right? Um, and within two months, we have uh, over 500 uh, members and thousands of followers and supporters. We've Congratulations. Congratulations. Done- thank you um i mean for me the response uh, it's it's almost like finding that product market fit right that startups are always looking for it's almost like in a strange way that's that's what you know uh, it feels like right um so the response has been amazing we've uh, done events in new york boston D.C., San Francisco, Chicago, Vancouver, we're hosting events in, you know, uh, Singapore and Dubai. We've done amazing, amazing uh, webinars in terms of immigration to tax planning to uh, you know, financial advice, and you know, all kinds of things, right? So it, it is this dynamic uh, community that's growing, that's engaging, and that's contributing as well. I've, you know, it's it, within these last few months, I've never heard a single person point uh, fingers and say, "Oh, this, uh, this isn't me," right? I feel like everybody's uh, stepping up. Um, so that's been. That's been great.
0: Well, that's really fantastic. So, not only can the members of the diaspora connect with their roots and contribute to each other's lives, they also can bring. It sounds like uh, professional advice to the communities in ways that are very supportive of the other members. Uh, tell, exactly. Talk a little bit more about that.
1: I'm um, sure. So, one of the things that uh, I'm doing on the side, and I don't talk about it as much, is um, I'm creating a Seed VC fund for Nepali entrepreneurs. Um, what I realized is, you know, um, there is obviously, you know, when you think about the startup ecosystem in Nepal, it is still very early stages. Uh, you know, there are a few VC firms, but still there is not a lot of activity, right? And what I want uh, to happen is just like we see the ecosystems now in China and India and Pakistan and Bangladesh, where these amazing uh, investors like Sequoia and so on are investing. There is a lot of activity happening in those ecosystems. That's what I want to happen, right? Um, so that's uh, I, that's happening on the side. What I didn't realize uh, was that you know some uh, sub-segment of the diaspora would be potential investors in the fund. But more than anything else, if you think of uh, an ecosystem, what they actually need more than the capital itself our experts, right, mentors, people that have done it, people that have, you know, uh, figured out go to market or, you know, that have the client base and things like that. And in a very uh, unintentional sort of uh, way, we've created that network of experts that, you know, have done it all, that have done exits, that have led, uh, you know, uh amazing companies and i want and want to help more than anything else so it's this uh almost like a match made in heaven <laughs>
0: That's great. Now, you've, you're, you've, kinda, you've given us somewhat of an answer to uh, the last question that I wanted to ask you today, and that was going to be about the difference in your mind between raising over a billion dollars in venture capital for a thousand investments and right. raising awareness and expectations in the great Nepali diaspora for your audacious goal. It sounds like you're already combining those two things.
1: Um, in a way, yes. I think you know, um, you know what I love about everything. This this path is a lot of new idea and ideas and synergies that are opening up, right? Um, one exciting thing was I recently attended this meeting where the investment board of Nepal, uh, you know, the the uh, the CEO and his team were um, uh, had come and you know uh, discussed about the investment landscape in Nepal, and their goal is to raise about I think a uh, uh 10 billion dollars by 2030 right so your you know the figure you gave is in the ballpark and so on uh their estimate obviously includes more things like infrastructure and energy and so on. what i love is that even in terms of um, you know the, the stakeholders in nepal the diaspora is becoming invisible asset right uh you know we, we people would just go off to study or work and they would just disappear in a way Right. They would uh, you know, they would contribute on an individual level to their household, but there was no estimate in terms of what people are doing, how they're contributing. Uh, What I love now is that we're connected. So instead of thousands of people all over, it's like one voice. And we are able to say, yes, the diaspora is strong, um, educated, powerful and wants to help. Right. Um, So in terms of your question, in terms of which one would be better um the investments obviously are going to be you know crucial in terms of things um but i am so positive that what we're doing with the diaspora is going to be the potential is endless right not just in terms of investment it's going to be much more so Uh, I feel like we're harnessing this network of experts of every domain, not just startup founders and entrepreneurs, but, you know, doctors and lawyers and, you know, tech operators and whatnot. Right. Um, I feel like the developing countries also focus a lot or are dependent on, you know, outside grants and, uh, you know, um, loans and so on, which is okay, Right. Which is um, which has been needed for so long. But now there is this new asset That is opening up, which is so exciting um, that we can actually make a contribution. Uh, We can actually do some positive change. So, yeah.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I I am a huge supporter of that. Of course, you know all the data about funding the the UN SDGs. Right. Funding gap and how important that is to, to capital deployment all over the world. So good luck and keep building. And I, I'm still going to hold you to um, an invitation to one of your gatherings so that I can sure, meet more people sure, from Paul. Nepal. So of course, Paul, I would I would love <laughs> okay. that.
1: And and thank you so much for your support from day one. I you know you've been so vocal about your support. I really really appreciate it.
0: Okay. Well, your next time in New York, I want an invitation. Okay. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. So, now, how can followers of the Sustainable Finance podcast connect with the Great Nepali Diaspora online, and how can they reach you with questions about what we've discussed in today's episode?
1: Um, sure. Um, the best way at this point is our LinkedIn page. Um, it, it's the Great Nepali Diaspora on LinkedIn. Uh, We are building a a website which should be live in a week or so. Um, But till then, I think that's the best way. And then for me, my email address is just my last name, first name at gmail.com. So it's adhikaripreeti at gmail.com. I'm very responsive, whether you send me an email or LinkedIn. So if you have any questions or just want to chat, um, definitely reach out.
0: Terrific. Well, thank you very much again Preeti Adhikari, venture consultant with Blue Ivy Ventures and the founder of the great Nepali diaspora, and to our sponsor, the Ceres Accelerator for Sustainable Capital Markets. Ceres Accelerator is a center of excellence within Ceres that aims to transform the practices and policies that govern capital markets to reduce the worst financial impacts of the climate crisis. For more information, go to Ceres Org slash accelerator. That's C-E-R-E-S dot org slash accelerator. And to our listeners, join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast.